Hello, podcast listeners. This is Grayson, the music education representative from Fuller's Music, and I'd like to welcome you to episode five of the Fuller's Music podcast. In this episode, music education coordinator Perry Ditch will interview Mr. Rob Parker, band director from Wilmington, North Carolina, via Skype. The topic for today's discussion, tips for preparing your ensemble to sight read at MPA. Without further ado, on to the episode. Well, thank you, Grayson. We're re- really excited about this episode today. Uh, we've got a, a great guest with us, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Well, hello. My name is Rob Parker. I'm a high school band director from Wilmington, North Carolina. I've been uh, teaching high school band for quite a while, but officially for 14 years now, which I honestly can't believe at this point, but uh, I'm a percussionist by trade. I like to hit drums and all the other things along with that, but uh, have a, a program that's been doing uh, MPA all those 14 years, and I, and I am excited to be talking about sight reading because it's one of the things I'm very passionate about, so thanks for having me on. Well, Rob, it's, it's definitely great to have you here, and your your band is, is definitely uh noteworthy but also you as a music educator and what you've been doing and now he's going to be our upcoming president of the eastern district here in north carolina so we're excited we're excited about that uh so the the first question i have for you rob is why do you think uh sight reading is important and maybe share your philosophy behind that well i think that there's a couple of things that we can discuss about why sight reading is important. And for me, uh, let's talk about it on a big scale first. I think in general, all of us have to sight read. Um, when you pass out a piece of music to your students, the the first thing that you're going to do is sight read. It's, it's going to be able you know, b- basically um, get to see the music for the first time and have the kids start to playing it. And, and I think that that's a real... Um, uh, it's a real barometer to understanding where your kids truly are with certain concepts, like you know how well can they read rhythm, how well are they processing um, music, but specifically key signatures, how well do they process um, the style of music when it comes to uh, you know art, articulations, dynamics, how well are they putting that together, and then you know, and for me, like one of the things that sight reading actually does is really helps me select appropriate music for my students. So I feel like just on the whole sight reading in general is is a great like pre-assessment, if you will, of any kind of um, a performance that you're going to do. When it comes to uh, sight reading at MPA, at our like post-assessment or our summative assessment for um, our program in, during this time, during the our you know this this idea is kind of like EOCs for what what people think of. Uh, in in traditional classes, if you will. But for sight reading itself, I think provides an opportunity for us to showcase the students' abilities in the moment and not just prepared. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with just having prepared music and performing that really well. But for me, the rawness of having your students read a brand new piece of music in the room and having to do that for the first time after five to seven minutes worth of seeing it and then performing for that for the judge, it really gives a sense. Rating makes sense of whether the rating matters. Um, and I think that that's an important discussion. But regardless, I think that all bands should do it. If nothing else, it's for that feedback of, OK, my, my band really does have good tone quality in the moment. My band really does 
have solid intonation in the moment. My Ren really needs to work on our rhythm reading skills in the moment and not just me giving them to them. I'm not realizing that I'm giving it to them. So I think the the post assessment as well is great for future um, reflection as to what you're going to be doing and how you can gauge your instruction. I, sight reading is crucial. It needs to be done by uh, basically any any music ensemble that's out there whose goal is education. Well, I, I, I firmly agree with that. And I, I think you really hit a, a very valid point in that uh, it's it shouldn't just be focused on while you're preparing for MPA or a festival or a competition that has sight reading, but it really needs to be part of your curriculum uh, year long in everything that you do, and I, I loved how you used the term pre-assessments and uh, all the the current educational lingo because that's something big. I I think we need to to speak their language too, as well as their learn about our language. So we understand the why we need to do it. So what are some instructional strategies that you use to uh, to teach uh, students about sight reading or some of those basic concepts in sight reading? Um. So. I've learned from um, the my band director and and and, our, and and when we started preparing for MPA when I was in high school, I learned a system that I have uh, transferred to my own teaching and then adjusted uh, over time. Uh, the 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 first things and it's amazing how I've heard this over time uh, by other band directors. But the first thing I would do, honestly, I'd tell anybody to do is make sure that you download the sight reading sight reading criteria and have it on your stand. Uh, believe it or not, there's there was at least a while there as people went around that thought that they they had to go into the room completely unprepared and that that was what sight reading was and that's just completely not the case. Um, so having the sight reading criteria and understanding how long your ensembles need to um, need to or have to prepare for sight reading is super important and those facts may be hard to find on websites depending on what state you're in but if you're in North Carolina or in whatever district you can you can get the information so definitely get that from there I, I what I do is I break down the amount of time that I spend that we have to spend so grades two through in, in North Carolina at least grades two through four have five minutes grades five have six minutes and grade seven uh, grade six has seven minutes uh, to prepare. And uh, what I do, let's just take the five minutes. I take the five minutes and I split it up. The first 30 seconds, I give the kids solo time. And we talk about this in our um, preparation. We discuss what is it that they are responsible for knowing during solo time. So in 30 seconds, what are the things that they need to know? Well, we can rattle these things off really quick. Key signature, time signature, tempo changes, um, fermatas, Things that like are just really easy, and I and over time I've started to teach my kids that these are instant things. These what are the things that you should instantly be able to recognize on any piece of paper, and then um, we can discuss that further if y'all want to. But the second thing that I, I tell them to do is find anything that they immediately feel like for them is going to be a trip up, um, rhythms that they know at this point. Hopefully in the process they know that they struggle with. Um, like certain 16th note groupings. So if you have one and uh, or one e and or one e, uh, if you see those groupings, if you see a triplet, like I know I'm not that great at triplets, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure if I see a triplet, I recognize it, and then as we're going through later in the process, um, kind of make adjustments. So then after that thir- initial solo thir- time, 30 seconds, I move to what I like to call buddy time, and so everybody in the ensemble 
before going into the room as we practice this in the process has a, a buddy. And this is often like stand buddies. Sometimes it can be three buddies, but they basically do the same thing that they did in solo time and they just share that with the buddies. So it's very awkward, I think, for some teachers to kind of give up a little bit of that control and allow their students to um, to like take that ownership. But I think it's super important for them because instead of you as a teacher just telling them what they are going to be make, making a mistake of, suddenly they're owning it. I'm going to have trouble with this. I need to recognize this. Oh, there's a repeat section here. Oh, you didn't notice that. Great. So suddenly it becomes you, you fix so many more potential issues um, really quickly by allowing them that a little bit of time. And then uh, for the next minute, so we've got one minute taken care of. For the next minute, I call it Parker time. That's when everybody everybody is dead silent and you listen to me. <laughs> and so, and, it, and you know, for me, it's I'm trying to not focus on the things that they should have already picked. So I'm not saying this is in concert B flat. We've got a style. We've got a we've got a, you know, A section here and a B section. I try to talk about the things that we as a group need to understand and immediately try to dive to music, which may seem weird. But like the first thing I'll ask is the title of the piece. What does the title tell us about the piece and style? So immediately we're starting to think of, oh, this is a theme in variations, or this says sea songs, or this says something else like that. So we get an idea of what this thing is going to sound like, you know, uh, a waltz and G or whatever it is. I mean, who knows? So we start jumping into some of those ideas. The things try, I try to do things that only like I'm going to be catching during that moment, which is tough. And, and that takes a lot of practice to kind of get used to that with the kids. Then the next two minutes we spend in tizzle time. So we're basically running through rhythms, because in my opinion, um, if you can get rhythms right, then you are 95 percent the way there. It's the rhythm is the most important thing when it comes to like sight reading effectively for a performance aspect. Um, and then then I then I leave a minute for questions at the end. So 30, 30, one minute, two minutes, one minute. Over time, I've adjusted that for myself, but I think that anybody who's starting brand new should kind of use that structure and then adjust from there uh, how you go. Over time, we've we've kind of squashed the solo and buddy time up a little bit more. So I'll give them a little bit more buddy time and a little less solo time because I feel like the buddy time really, really helps them. Um, I, I try to take less time for me. I try to give as much tizzle time as possible. And then I always leave question time. And if we're in, if we in, if it's crickets after 30 seconds, we'll tizzle another small section or I'll tizzle the very end again or whatever else it is. And then we, then we go. So I think I, I, from what you were kind of saying, uh, you do work on this, uh, process with your students before you get there so that when they get into that sight reading room they're they're very comfortable they know exactly what's going to happen the only thing that's different is the sheet of music in front you, of you i think in general with band music and band performance um if we have the ability to control aspects of it in a, in a good way we should have those things controlled because the more What's the word here I'm looking for? The more variations that you introduce in the system, the more problems you're going to have over the long haul. So if so, if my students know exactly what part they're going to be receiving, know exactly um, you know what folder, know exactly where they're going to sit, because sometimes I change their seating for the sight reading room 
than it is on stage. I know that may seem weird, but it may be I've done something crazy weird on stage and I don't want my, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I want my tubas in the center. I want my, you know, my bass centered and stuff, but I may have had the tubas on the outside or whatever else. Um, who knows? I may have put the oboe in the third row for some reason. Um, so, you know, it just kind of depends on what it is, but we, we may have changed that and then you know what to do. But we also like, I'm, I'll share some of my like secret secrets uh, for this. Um, we also practice our demeanor too when we go into the room. We practice sitting down, looking up. I tell them, I say, I want you to, I want you to stare into the eyes of the judge. I want you to listen to him. I want you or her. I want your whole attention there and focused. I want you sitting up. I want you smiling. I, all these things that um, it just giving them confidence, but also showcasing confidence to our to our adjudicator too. That we are that that we are prepared for this. We're not trying to be pompous. Not trying to show off or whatever. We we are prepared. We're ready and excited to do this section of it because this is a sight reading. While while the like you said, the music is going to be different. Every other part of it doesn't have to be different. Every other part of it can be very well uh, learned and, and ingrained and ready. Very rehearsed and choreographed, and I really love the idea of uh, looking the judges right in the eye and and making sure that you know they they and that makes a big difference for the for the judge to know hey this group is serious they're taking it you know uh, and I I don't think that could be overstated now when in terms of um, the process and all when you were a very young teacher uh, several years ago. You were going into or uh, <laughs> kind of looking for a story of maybe when things did not go as oh, planned. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so if you could share one of those moments or a couple of those moments. Sure. Um, uh, I think that the majority of the moments that I've had so far have been moments that were kind of like the moment we started playing. I went or the moment like af afterwards. Um I'll share two moments that I learned a lot from. Okay. And almost every year I step out of the sight reading and go and go, I need to remember that. Um, but uh, there was one moment that uh, I was, was working with um, my symphonic band wind ensemble um, and was, uh, we were, we were tizzling through and we had, we had done all the steps and everything was fine. Everything was great. Um, um, we played, I don't know about this, this is another strategy that I think people should do because you're allowed to, you should always play a scale, um, before you play, it's your little warm up. And some people play like bomb, but you know, no, 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 I do half notes. I'm like, it's just allow you to fill up the room and get some good air. And then we, I always, and this is another little trick, but on the last note, we hold the last note. So if it's an E flat, we're holding the E flat and I'm like, I'm holding it another three or four beats. Everybody's going to do what tune. Okay, good. <laughs> And then we're good. And then we're off. And so, and often, you know, I'll do that in the, in the key. That's, that's the key of the piece that we started. And that's the scale that we use. So if the key of the piece is an E flat, we use that scale. Okay. So that's basically what just happened. We got done with, um, with E flat and then we played the first note and I realized it was in minor and we had not, I had not prepped them for a minor key. Like we hadn't really discussed that yet. We hadn't, we, I mean, we played minor music, of course. And they, I'm pretty sure I remember they handled it fine, but it was like totally, I was like, whoa, that was not the aural expectation 
that I had in the moment. So we got very used to asking uh, one question during that process um, now, and that is tuba players. What's the first note of the piece? Good. What's the last note of the piece? Good. Is that the same as the key? Good. We're good. And if it's not, so the tuba goes, uh, it's C. I go, oh, man, it might be in minor, right? What's the last note of the piece? C again. I bet you when we're in minor, everybody start to think about the minor field. Do you see accidentals? Yes, I see accidentals on the on the on the seventh, you know, and so the bees are natural. And I go, okay, so we're in minor. So that was a great learning opportunity for me. The second one was um, we were playing a piece and um, I remember vividly my snare drummer's face because sometimes you'll get the piece that'll be fast first and then lyrical. You'll get the, you'll get the dance and then the song, if you will. And that's easy to deal with. You got dance and then you stop it in the song. But it's so much difficult, more difficult when those are reversed, right? When you get the song first and then you get the dance and you don't want the dance to be too fast. Well, this, this one, this particular uh, tune not only started with song first and then dance second, but it started with a snare drum solo. And I remember giving giving him the cue, and I heard what I heard. I was given like one, two, like my normal fast tempo in sight reading, and I heard dun 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 dun. I'm like, oh no! And that was mainly because I didn't give one, two, ready, and one. I just went like every good band director should do. And and then I realized, you know, in those situations, the kid's nerves are as high as mine, if not more. And if they've got a solo in the sight reading room, I need to take that responsibility of going, okay, here is the tempo and go. So that we're not in a situation where, I mean, we went, we flew on it. So it's like little, little itty bitty things like that, that you're really, truthfully, you're really only going to get experience. When you do it a couple times, you'll go, okay. And you start keeping yourself a little list of things. You go, okay, these are, I'm going to fold this right into the, the performance practice. Every time we sight read again, we're going to look for these things. So. Well, I, I took from that two, two things, Rob. Uh, one is, um, you know, it's not just the students that are sight reading, but you're also sight reading. So uh, perhaps Absolutely. doing a lot of different score study, whether it be through JW Pepper or some other type of online publication where you're just picking scores and looking at scores and, and kind of being able to figure those things out. And uh, the other thing was uh, transitions, making sure that um, – you go over that. You have that extra 30 seconds. Hey, go back over that transition and that that snare drummer mm-hmm. or whoever else you know, starts the new tempo and pulse out. So uh, now that's, that's exactly what I was looking for. I, I feel like often directors need to know that, that hey, there's real life experiences that you're going to get. I also liked how you mentioned don't don't be too hard on yourself your first year when you come out of there going, gee, I wish I would have, gee, I wished I would have, because we, we all go through that. Well, I'll, I'll speak to that for just a second. And I think that experience is, is super important. Um, this is not, can I talk about something that's not purely sight reading here for just one second? But my, my first year that I went um, with, with my wind ensemble, got straight ones, you know, and that was not because of me. That was because of what Don Perry did before me. Um, but but I got straight ones and I got I think with my concert band, we got like fours and fives with, with that group because I did Bach or something like crazy um, my first year. And we got a two insight reading. I remember that. 
Um, but my second year with my wind ensemble, I got fours and fives. It's the only year that we did. We have not received um, superiors at MPA uh, with my with my symphonic band wind ensemble or quote unquote top group. Um, uh, and I would say that that's I, I wear that but that with like a badge of honor because I learned so much that year, both in the, you know, preparing for your, your traditional pieces, both for selecting music. Okay, Rob, uh, do not as a second year band director, select Lord of the Rings Gandalf as your piece. If you're not really <laughs> ready to play it, <laughs> um, you know, those kind of things too. Uh, but this in this, and also in the sight reading room, like you don't, don't let it knock you down. You're going to, you're going to experience lots of different things. This is as much of an assessment of your kids as it, or of you as it is your kids and of your program. And it's a, and it's a process. It's a learning thing. I would also say that you have every tool at your disposal to, to make a superior every time you go, whether it's your first year or your 30th year, you've got resources online. You've got music that's there. You've got, uh, you know, resources with um, with sight reading. You can you can literally buy the UIL sight readings that we use in North Carolina. But even if you don't have those, you can buy two grade levels lower or whatever the criteria is that you have from like you were talking about pepper or whatever um, and, and do all that sight reading. Um, and you just putting that all into perspective for yourself, take the opportunity to do the things to get yourself prepared. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably on the right track. Right. And I'll say all of that to say this, don't be afraid to get a mentor because getting a mentor will help you with, um, with sight reading. It'll help you with all the things. Don't be afraid of getting people in your band room to listen to you, bring people in. These are the things that I, that I think are most important in the long run that no one out there does it on their own. No one's an Island. We're a, we're a huge team and there's the collective knowledge of, you know, just Perry ditches collective knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> will do so much but but I, but and if you all if all you had is the rolodex of people that Perry Ditch knows you're in business so i mean there's just so much out there i think that people can get um as you're as you're preparing this stuff if you're confused or if you need something that's what i would say to as as much of preparing for it individually with you know times and all that stuff man just getting getting the the uh, more people involved in your process um, to help you, I think is is the best thing. Well, Rob, you don't know uh, what you just did, but you just you encapsulated what our our last two episodes were: picking music for for MPA, and then our second episode with MPA was on instructional strategies, preparing your group, and this was the the last kind of segment of the three on the sight reading, but uh, you talked about everything that we talked about in those other two episodes, not picking Gandalf if you're not ready for Gandalf. Both episodes talked about bringing people in and not being afraid to ask. We don't want anybody to feel like they're on an island, and we we want everybody to feel like there is somebody. And and let me tell you, uh, Rob Parker is one of those people. He's at Ashley High School, and I'm sure if you wanted to reach out to him, he would uh, uh, answer uh, any email. So, Rob, if you want, go ahead and give uh, our listeners your email. Sure. Um, For us, it's really simple. It's just my name, Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T, dot P-A-R-K-E-R, at N-H-C-S dot net. Absolutely. I'd be more than happy to reach out. I've 
worked clinics on multiple different things. I've answered emails. Um, I have buds come in and talk. I've had Perry in my band room to do a, a week long, a weekend long clinic. Like it's definitely something that people. Well, do. and I'm going to go ahead and put you on the spot that we'll be inviting uh, Rob uh, to talk about that. He has a, a weekend clinic that he does with his bands, um, and uh, it's it's done very very well. And so we'll we'll have Rob back on for an episode on that. You know, at Fuller's Music, we're so happy to have these podcasts online, and we're so happy to have Rob Parker uh, to share some of his enthusiasm for sight reading, something I feel like we don't talk about enough. So, Rob, on behalf of the Fuller's Music team, I want to thank you for uh, having your time today. Thanks for having me, Perry. I appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Our goal at Fuller's Music is to serve the music community in as many ways as we can. Check us out on the web at www.fullersmusic.com, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok.